This is VC Projects Podcast, and today my guest is Natasha Rodenko, who is a Los Angeles-based artist. Um, we're going to be featuring her work at El Nido um, Art Space opening on February 19th, 2022, and it's an exhibition, solo exhibition of conceptual photography, and the title is called Belonging. Natasha, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, Victoria, for having me and um, for having my work in your beautiful space. I'm looking forward to the opening. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. My humble abode. <laughs> With the most beautiful lighting. Oh, gosh. Oh, thank you so much, Natasha. Um, you're so kind. But honestly, like, I, I'm really excited to have you in the space. I'm, I'm uh, since we met, I guess it was like maybe eight months ago, maybe, um, I was very inspired by your work and your story and uh, your personal story of coming to Los Angeles and the series um, Belonging or Wanting to Belong or Be a Part or um, something like that and being an immigrant and I know that in my curatorial statement, um, can't speak today. Uh, I talked about myself being an immigrant. I came as a child um, with my parents and yeah, I never felt connected to my space and um, to where I lived. And when I returned to England as an adult, I, I wasn't really accepted of course, because I was more American and English or British. And even though my heart and way I was raised was very British. So it's, it's been a ongoing journey for me. So when I saw your work, oh my gosh, it was just like, I totally resonate with this. And I have to, I have to have you exhibit and I have to have you during LA Art Week um, this year and show your work and just be really proud of you and have everybody come and see it because it's it you don't have to be an immigrant to understand the, the photographs that we're going to be presenting oh thank you so kind and um i'm really glad that you felt that connection to me i guess that says that they really work that immediately there is the recognition of the same kind of yearning, the same kind of aching, that same sort of desire. Um, and to me, that that's the biggest compliment that can, you know, that can be that, that you know, that works, that, that it connects on the level that I intended to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for sure, because that's just a feeling, you know, that's just a feeling that I had um, pretty much in and out of my, my life. So for you to create your own visual language and, you know, being photography for this, for this is just, it's just extraordinary, you know, that, that you could pull that, you know, you can touch people, you know, you could touch people with your work. You can you can touch the viewer with composing these images, which can I say that you compose these images, used yourself as the model, um, yeah. 
to to create this narrative, this series, um, the series belonging. We're displaying ten images, but there's much more than that, and we yeah. had a hard time curating together what would be best. Yeah, and I also think that it's it's still an ongoing project, and I'll probably keep adding images to it. That's how I work in general. I feel like I often kind of don't really know when the project starts and when it ends it kind of like oh this new idea or this new image popped into my head and it fits into the project that you know is I thought is over and that's kind of how it goes yeah yeah well how did you no I, that that's good that's good to hear because um when collectors come in which they will you know I I really like them to I really like to share the artists, you know, the bigger picture of the artists, what their inquiry is and their investigations into life, what they're searching for, what they're observing, what, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Um, and thank goodness we have artists like yourselves that can record these emotions and, and play them back to us to kind of give us that sense of, um understanding of of humanity so it's it's really it's really really wonderful how did you get to this um this subject of belonging what what prompted you there um definitely immigration here when i started thinking about what it means to move here what it means to be here but at the same time i must say i started thinking about um these ideas of home and the places where you truly feel like you belong before immigration as well and probably those thoughts were the cause of immigration anyway because i felt as an outsider um back in russia i know an outsider probably is not the right word but it definitely the inquiry was already there something was off something was not 100 percent clicking um so i was already thinking about those things and then when i came here i kind of thought oh well now is the time to really figure it out um now i'm building the home here or at least at least i need to understand what am i building here and what a home is besides you know being a place where you actually uh, believe you know what is home in a general sense um so i felt right a lot of things felt right for me here and it, i feel like at first it just felt really clicking and i felt oh this is home but then i realized that there's still that sense of being an outsider there's always that inquiry into i don't know legitimacy of me being here uh, inquiry into my authenticity into the russianness into um everything kind of into the identity of me as well because all of that kind of makes me and sometimes it felt like i have to choose um so all those questions led me to making work about it and i think i, I started making work about being an immigrant before this project. And it just kind of was slowly evolving from project to project, from question to question. And with this particular project belonging, I think 
their relationship with place was something that kind of was particularly interesting to me and um how do you find the connection with a place um you know uh, one of the first images in the series were the images made in the desert and the desert for me was a completely unfamiliar place mm -hmm. place that I've never been to before never felt comfortable in before so to me to establish the relationship with the desert in a way was a metaphor of establishing the relationship with California and you know the new home that can or maybe can be here mm. yeah that's you, you spoke about it so well. Yeah, I mean, what's what's really interesting is that you don't have to immigrate somewhere to to have those feelings, you know, being part of a family, um, acceptance, finding creating home, um, even a person. I mean, I've had I've had, you know, it's hard to set up a home, you know, at times it's hard to create a home. Like literally it's, it's hard to put it all together for some people, like everything. Like, I mean, I mean, for example, um, having the dishes and, you know, having the knives and forks and the cups and just the simple basic things, you know, getting Definitely. a bed you know getting getting a chair like how do you set up this home how do you how how do you do that um and um i have a lot of other you know i have a lot to say about that but i, I won't go into it but um some of your other work though when i when i went on your website and when i go to your website just to review your work and things like that you've used yourself as a model and and your other series of works on your website are equally interesting i would i would tell you you know any of those works i would put on display because they're really powerful and some are quite minimal but for me again they really resonate and as a person that's as a curator or a person having an art space, exhibiting work, and welcoming the public, again, you're the type of artist that you really want to share because there's a consistent flow. And there's a, um, I'm not saying that each series or body of work is the same. It's not, it's different. But there, there is a golden thread that runs through it. And you can see kind of how your mind works and that's when you know when you work with a collector and 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 you say you know this is a person that's going to have this ongoing dialogue for the rest of their life they're not going to stop and we need to continue to watch them and acquire their work and and live with their work and that's the other thing i'm really excited about is spending time with your with your artwork in the space on a daily basis but but enough about that let's what I want to ask you about is being a model, you know, being your own model. Tell me, tell me about your thoughts about that. Um, I, it's, there are multiple reasons for that. One of the uh, reasons 
were very simple when I started my photo education here. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have anybody to photograph. I also was terribly shy. I'm still kind of relatively shy, but I'm working on it. Um, so it was way easier for me to work with myself, both in front and, and behind the lens, rather than to try and communicate my ideas or first find somebody to communicate my ideas to. So um, it probably started with that, but then it made sense to me to continue doing that because I was telling my own stories and it would have been um, weird to try and translate that through somebody else. And mm -hmm. my body became kind of just the, the tool to, um, to tell the story kind of like clay. And um, it's mm -hmm. interesting because oftentimes, and I know that because I hear that from my students quite often as well, they want to do self-portraiture, but they feel uncomfortable about their body image in front of the camera. I mean, this world is still terribly, terribly, pressurizing women and femmes and you know from presenting individuals to look a certain way mm -hmm. and um that beauty pressure that certain you know having a certain look pressure affects everybody so um I know that a lot of you know young photographers that want to do self-portrait have hard time disconnecting the kind of the, they want to look a certain way they want to perform a certain way for the camera but they also want to use their own body for whatever narrative and it's hard to reconcile and i i think for me i was at that moment of a conversation with myself too and i just decided that my body is clay mm -hmm. so it doesn't it it disconnected me from like a public media narrative of what what a body's supposed to look like or supposed to be and allowed me to just kind of work with it and perform it the way I need it for the narrative of a particular image. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that always interested me is the power dynamic between a photographer and a model and how there's always this kind of subject and object relationship where mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. acts and mm -hmm. one is kind of acted upon, imposed a gaze upon them by a right. photographer right. and um, having this both roles, occupying those both places in the power dynamic and the power hierarchy kind of gave me the agency of, of being looked at by mm -hmm. a, a camera, by a photographic gaze. And um, I think that was really important for me in many of the pieces too, to be looked at by myself, by my, like through my own lens. Mm -hmm. Really fascinating. Um, you speak so well about this because it's a very, uh, it's a very intricate thing to talk about. So um, amazing, it's fascinating. Um, I didn't feel like the images you objectified yourself. I didn't feel that way at all. And I mean, I'm just telling you that I don't, I know that wasn't your impression either, but certainly you could have, but I didn't feel that way at all. I, I saw you, I mean, in each image, you look different, not like you had a different hairstyle. I mean, some of you did, but, um, but I felt like you were still the act actress or the protagonist, you know, I mean, it wasn't 
it wasn't really, to me, self-portraiture. It was really conceptual photography. And I know in the very beginning, when I asked you, how do I describe your work? And you're like, well, it's conceptual photography. And I thought, I never thought of it like that. I didn't, I wasn't thinking it was self-portraiture, but I just didn't, I mean, I'm just going to be really honest. I just didn't think of it. And then when you told me that, I was like, oh, I totally understand now. You know, it was like a light bulb went out. So it went off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty honest about stuff. I'm um, glad it made sense. <laughs> no, it did. It did. Um, so, okay, let's talk about the intuitive process. Um, I know we, we kind of touched on that a little bit, but do you, do you want to add anything more to, was it an intuitive process or, or um, did you, did you really have to set up each shot, you know, draw it out or make sketches to, to get it what you wanted? Kind of a little bit of both, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the images are more pre-planned than others, but um, I, I, I'd say it's intuitive on a level that oftentimes it's a response to a place. I arrive at a place and I feel, oh, you know, th this is the place I will I will build the, the, the relationship with. I'll, I'll make an image mm -hmm. that will tell that story of how I build the relationship with it. But then once that intuitive response is clicking there, then the planning starts. Then the, the, the arrangement, the, uh, the setting up, the details, the everything. Mm -hmm. um, because I think what I would, at least what I'm trying to do is to have a, it in a pretty precise way. Once, once I responded to a place, I have a pretty precise image in my head of how this relationship going to be structured in a, in a photograph. And um, then I'm building and doing everything to make that happen. Mm -hmm. But there must be some room for some spontaneity, right? Oh, definitely. There are things that you cannot control. There are things that even if you have certain image in your head, there's just sometimes no way to get it because there's access. I mean, especially if we're thinking about the natural landscapes, sometimes you can't get to the rock that you want to be in because it's yeah. unsafe or things like that. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes things happen as well. And um, the some while you're shooting, while I'm working with the camera, it's mostly just me and the camera. I, I sometimes work with an assistant, but not often. So it's just kind of me, space, and camera. So once I'm interacting with a space, it's kind of like an intuitive response to the space, but also I am remembering that I'm performing for the camera. I'm still posing mm -hmm. so sometimes it's the moment in between the poses that is oh that's it that's that's the one that works and um sometimes things happen also are outside of my control like in the first image in the series the night photograph uh in the empty gas station i saw that place i immediately wanted to make an image there and then when I was setting everything up and I was ready to go and I was 
you know, done all the pre-shots, then the car came in to actually use the gas station. And um, I waited for them to leave and they were taking very long time. And then they finally were leaving and I started taking pictures and I didn't notice that their red tail lights were still, you know, illuminating the ground in the shot, but that was actually perfect. Mm -hmm. That red light that is kind mm -hmm. of disappearing and, and signifies the, um, the lot the in in the way the loss the somebody's leaving and um that made the image for me so of course there is always the chance the play the randomness i mean it's life in a frame mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there is always a chance of randomness in life yeah i know i i get it i get it i mean i know when i was listening to you i'm thinking the listener is gonna go She's such an idiot <laughs> because like any photographer, you know, anybody who's an, you know, artist or, you know, photographer who are working with shots, you know, knows how, how this, this unfolds. But for those of us who are not doing that, and if you think about art direction in films and some of the landscape photographers that will people that I know in my life that would climb or, you know, get up at 3 a.m. or be out at night waiting for that light. You know, they, they climbed all day, hiked all day to get to that, to take that shot, you know, that would, you know what I'm saying, right? They, mm -hmm. you know, they would prepare all day to get that one shot. So that would only last maybe five minutes. So, um, so, you know, I just don't know how, how you work with sets and things like that. And I mean, we're here in, we're here in Hollywood and there's film sets everywhere. So there's, there's a lot of people controlling that, you know, that composition, that space of what they're documenting. Um, I think it's just, it's just fascinating how people work, artists work. You know, it's just the process is very fascinating. I think you can learn a lot from each other. I think that also being in in between the spaces of a photographer and a model at the same time, there is that space in between of having all control and allowing chance to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I think, well, with all, with oftentimes, I, I mean, I work with lights, I set up the controlled environment as well, but even within that controlled in, in environment, there is always still, a you know, an intuitive moment of chance that to me is, I guess, a representation of that connection with a space that I'm building within the frame mm -hmm. that kind of happens organically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay um that's this it's really fascinating um and well as an educator because you're an educator as well um and you were educated in moscow um what i mean i i didn't ask you this question before but i want i was going to get to this question since we're doing like a written interview and then you know an audio interview um was there much difference between art education in russia and art education in los angeles 
Oh, tremendously. Um, I have one year of British um, high school of design in Moscow, but that year was under their British program. So it was a franchise program from the Hertfordshire University. So it's not representatively Russian per se. Um, so for Russian art education, mostly um, I, what, I, what I know is what I heard from people who actually received mm -hmm. Russian uh, art education. And um, again, it was a few years ago, so maybe things have changed now, but to my knowledge and to my understanding and to my limited experience with it, it's very rigid. Mm -hmm. And it's very classic oriented, mm -hmm. um, even though there are conceptual spaces appearing in Moscow right now, but it didn't feel like it's the, the, main, con the, the main space for the conversation to be happening. Uh, I mean, one of the examples is that when I was leaving Russia, which was about almost you know eight years ago, there was still no degrees in photography. I'm not entirely certain what's going on there now, but there were no degrees, no bachelor or master's degrees in photography. So mm -hmm. that kind of tells you where photography stands in the Russian art scene. And we're not even talking about you know multimedia studies and, so, and such. So mm -hmm. okay, that's where we're at. <laughs> Oh, that's a bummer. Maybe that'll change. Oh, I'm sure eventually. Uh, change happens whether you want it or not, whether Russian art establishment wants change or not. Yeah. And it will happen. And um, I'm no, I mean, there, there are some brilliant artists there. There is um, a really wonderful, um, not an installation as a performance artist that um, is doing beautiful, powerful political work um, that um, is really interesting and completely outside of what Russian art establishment is probably is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And he is not alone. There are other, there are other artists that are doing um, work, that are doing conceptual work that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know receiving education elsewhere and coming back or um you know there's it's still it, it's it's not like the con conceptual contemporary dialogue is not happening there at all it's just a little bit on a different level and the level of you know the context in in in, in which it's happening it's happening not in the uh, mainstream galleries or anything it's happening mm -hmm. kind of elsewhere on the streets uh, you know, online in the intersection between the two. Um, so um, it's just a little bit in a different context. Mm -hmm. Well, um, there's so much to take in. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see, what else do I wanna ask you? <laughs> Never really got to this point in an interview before. There's just so much to take in, you know, honestly, it's, it's so, it's so intriguing. Um, Cause I know when I worked in Paris at photo fever, you know, I, I mean, I saw a lot of Russians, you know, and they're very interested in photography. I mean, I don't know where they're from or, you know, if they're still living there, but they were there anyways, I don't want to really get into that, but um, what, what sort of, 
what do you want to really say with this body of work? You know, I mean, okay, if I ask you the question, what do you want the viewer to walk away with? I mean, that's, that's, you, you you're going to say, I don't know, you know, that's up to the viewer. I mean, that's an obvious thing, right? That's up to each person, just like me, like some of the images relate, res, you know, re resonate with me more than others. Um, and I mean, I all, I, I, I recognize all of them in, in me, certainly, but some I really feel. And it makes me feel like I'm not alone. You know, like other people feel this way and it's, a, it's okay. And it's a great discussion. And it's something that frankly, I never ever thought I would ever talk about it. Now, I mean, there's a lot of music bands that write songs about home and belonging but i'm sure it's in art but i just never thought i would be discussing it so what is what's what's the message overall i think that if that's a, ultimately that is the message. The color, the discussion is the message. The questions, you, you know, if if the answer to what do I want viewers to walk away mm -hmm. with, it would be questions. I want them to walk away with questions, questions about their own, uh, you know, home and their own thoughts about acceptance, their own thoughts about the belonging to. Um, a community, a place, a space they are occupying, whatever that is, because home expands beyond, beyond you know, a, a, a structure. It's, it's in, in culture, in landscape, in, I don't know, in fibers of, of the air around you, things like that, and in people around you, in the community, in, in thoughts, mm -hmm. in, in ideas, and um, I want to talk about it. I want people to talk to me about it. I want people to talk to each other about it in, in front of the images. Yeah. So if if they'll have a question to walk away with to then talk about that question with their own, you know, their own, you know, friends, family, then that's the message. <laughs> that's what I want them to walk away with. And that 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 think that that moment when you said that you felt not alone that's a big part of it because to me the idea of sharing something personal is um to i the struggle that i'm talking about or the experiences that i'm talking about they're not unique they're probably fundamental to our experience everybody has at some point a journey of figuring it out so but a journey still feels very lonely often you know so i don't feel it to, don't want it to feel lonely mm -hmm. so no it doesn't feel lonely it doesn't feel lonely um i could talk to you all night <laughs> um it's it yeah well is there one image okay you, you created the whole body work of course you you identify with all of them and you've thought them all out because you compose them but is there one in particular that really, um, sorry, my chair's squeaky. Um, 
is there one that's really, you know, just really, really more so than the others? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, or at least where you are maybe right now or where you were. And I think that the answer will change in yeah. time. But right. right now, it probably is um, the one with the threads, the entitled number eight with the mm -hmm. white thread mm -hmm. holding me down. That um, was my, that was the one, that was my favorite, yeah. Um, I think to me, there's quite a, there is a lot of layers to that image. That's one of the images that I actually planned beforehand. Um, and the feeling of the light thread that is weightless, that is holding you down is probably, um, I guess, the feeling that I'm identifying with right now still from the moment that I made that image. And um, that also visually, when I look at it, there's that texture of the rock with a little bit of the, you mm -hmm. know, the green and the yellow sort of micro plants, moth kind of thing on it. Um, that just creates this little world that I feel like I want to, to connect with and discover and I can't really figure it out. And that becomes a metaphor to the world around me. So mm. I guess that's the image that I connect with the most right now. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, and that's, yeah, I, I, I really like that one. And I found it really hard to write about and I wrote about it a lot. And then, and then I worked with an editor <laughs> to try and they're like, that's not what I see in the photo. And well, I see this and, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to write about. Sometimes writing about art is, is, is hard to put it into words, you know, and that's the, the beauty of the visual language, at least for, you know, visual arts. Um, uh, Shoot, I have one more question for you and I can't remember it now. Um, is there anything that you wanna mention? You know, anything else? I mean, the opening is on February 19th. The show runs till the 24th. We're in East Hollywood off of Western Avenue. It is by appointment only because we're, the space is behind a, a large, um, iron gate so you, you just can't enter directly off the avenue so you, you you've got to call me to get to gain entrance um but is there anything else you'd like to share right now about the show and about people seeing it and like you said you know you want people to come and talk to you yeah that's um i'm very excited about the show. I'm thrilled to be able to share this work and um, to have those conversations happen. And um, yeah, that's just I'm really happy, really looking forward to it. And uh, see you all on the 19th. <laughs> I remember the question. I remember the question. It was um, it was that when when we were when we were planning it out. And you said the images have to be large and they're, they're 20 by 30 and it's framed. And I thought that was really interesting because 
you're like, no, they have to be big. You know, they have to, it's, it's not the fact that they have to be big because I have the opportunity to make them big, but they needed it to be this sort of medium scale, large scale for photography to sort of experience the whole expression. Yeah, I, I think to me, there are a lot of little things, little details in those images that um, play a part in the narrative. And also I feel like they are experiences in a way. So um, I want them to be sort of the one that you can get lost in a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, when you're, yeah. when you're standing in front of it and you're looking at it, it's the only thing you see and you're in that frame. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. can, you know, connect to it, build your own, build your own story there or your own mm -hmm. relationship to the protagonist, the place, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's why I really um, wanted them to be larger scale. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, I love getting deeper into the work. Um, I just, I just, you know, it's my life to, to work with artists like yourself and explore the passage of what you're doing and why you feel compelled to do it and, and the experience as the viewer, I was going to say the outsider, but I am the outsider and the viewer, you know, looking in at the work. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm really proud of you. And I'm really honored to, to show the work. I really am. Thank you, Victoria. That means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure.